Welcome to the Inside Slant Podcast. Inside Slant Podcast. Brought to you by JayhawkSlant.com. Shay, where do you rank Bill Self's class? It's definitely one of the top 10 classes in the country. Bringing you all the latest info from the coaches, players, and recruits. Kirby, how big is this commitment? Well, he's the type of recruit that can change the whole class. For all of the latest KU news, analysis, and discussion, go online to JayhawkSlant.com. The online leader in recruiting and team coverage. Here's the staff from JayhawkSlant.com. Hey everybody, this is Randy Withers. Welcome back with another edition of the Inside Slant podcast from JayhawkSlant.com. We had to take a little short break to kind of recuperate after the end of college football season, but we are back with a ton of Kansas Jayhawk sports information to discuss. We are going to talk Kansas basketball and the huge win for Bill Self's program going to Columbia, dominating in the border showdown with another big game on tap this Saturday. We're going to hear from our man Shea Wildeboer on the men's basketball beat. We're also going to talk football recruiting, find out where things stand with Lance Leipold and his staff as they work both the recruiting trail for high school and junior college players and the transfer portal. What's coming as the first national signing day approaches, as well as talk about everything that can be going on with the comings and goings in that transfer portal. We'll also start to touch on a bowl game, something we have never gotten to discuss in the history of the Inside Slant podcast. So this is a big first for us. We're going to preview the matchup with Arkansas, start talking about that Liberty Bowl Talk, let you guys know some of the things that are coming on future podcasts as we gear up for the Jayhawks' first bowl game in more than a decade. Before we get into that, though, let me go ahead and welcome our man on the men's basketball beat, my good buddy, Shea Wildeboer. Shea, how you doing tonight? I'm doing well, man. How are you guys? Enjoying this weather, gearing up for Christmas, and uh, just enjoying the downtime a little bit. Absolutely. And, you know, I... I love this time of year so much because there's so much going on. You know, we've we've got the NFL, we've got the you know the the college football playoff is about to crank up. Bowl season is upon us. Men's basketball is rolling. I mean, there's just there it's it's the most wonderful time of the year. There's a lot going on. <laughs> there's a lot going on. If you're a sports nut, this is the perfect time of the year for you. It is. It is. No question about that. Let's go ahead and bring in my man John Kirby, the publisher of Jayhawk Slant and the man who deserves a bowl game more than anyone on the Kansas football beat. John, how you doing tonight? Randy, I'm doing good. You know, I've had a bunch of guys that have always been friends of mine for a long time that are KU football fans, and they're reaching out, and, hey, we're heading to the bowl. Let's go. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm, I'll try to hook up with you guys if I'm there, but, you know, Randy, you've done this before. You know, when you go to a bowl game and you're covering it, man, you're you're working. You know, That's a work I mean, trip. Yeah. You know, yeah, you're getting there, you know, in the press box two, two and a half hours before the game. You're covering the game. Game gets over at probably 730 at eight. You're working for a couple hours at least after the game. Next thing you know, it's 10 o'clock, you know. So, you oh, know, yeah. in the old age, I'm going to have to fire up the batteries and head out and meet everybody out super late. And it's it is those bowl trips. It's a whole different kind of deal, and and you know it's it's awesome for the fans, and it's great for the players. It is it is a hell of a lot of work. 
when you are covering one of those games. And, you know, it's it's one of those things, though. I will say this as as long suffering members of the Kansas football media, I will absolutely take it. I have no you will not hear me complain even the slightest little bit. Before we get into everything tonight, you know, we, we talk a lot of recruiting on this show. So let's talk about a local Kansas City company for a second. My Freight World. These guys are KU guys, and they're doing some major recruiting of their own right now. Based in Overland Park, Kansas, this logistics company is looking to add more account executives to their team to help bring more customers into the fold. There's a better way to do things, and My Freight World's customers love them because they save them time and money, plus bring visibility and remove uncertainty from the freight transportation process. Now, the account executive role offers great work-life balance operational support, and an untapped commission structure that truly rewards those people that get after it. The harder you work, the more money you can make. And and who doesn't want that? I mean, it's, it's a great concept. My Freight World is a great company to work for and a great company to work with as well. If you're any of our listeners out there have freight transportation needs, Reach out to our friends over at My Freight World. For all of our listeners, if you're looking to start a new career, you know, new new year, new you in 2023, looking to make a change, or you know someone that might be interested in getting into the exciting world of logistics, be sure to look up MyFreightWorld.com. Check out their career page of their website. Again, thanks to our friends at MyFreightWorld.com for sponsoring the Inside Slant podcast. You know, Randy, I want to say something about Mike. Had a chance to talk to him. He's one of the guys that uh, really is on top over there. You know, like like you said, they are KU guys, but hey, there's there's affiliated with other schools and things like that. But one thing I loved was is he said, you know, so, some of those guys they're heading down to the bowl game. So he he said that yeah. He said since they've started advertising with Jayhawk Slant, they've they've had new new people reaching out to them. I even some people with business opportunities who are actually in the freight world. So, hey, what we've done is hopefully give them some exposure. But these guys are a good group of guys, good company. So if people are really interested in that or, or have an interest, reach out to those guys. They, they do a great job. Absolutely. You know, if you know somebody that maybe is it's just graduating this month, and is looking for their first job out of college or they're like, again, if you're, you know, somebody that's looking to make a change, maybe they're a little tired of the role that they've been in. It's just not turned out what they expected. Reach out to the guys over in my freight world and that account executive job. It's, it's a fantastic opportunity. And, and like John said, if you're, maybe you're a company that's got some freight needs, reach out to them, talk about your logistics, give them a chance. They will take good, good care of you. All right, so let's start on the men's basketball side. Shay, this was supposed to be a close game between the Jayhawks and the Missouri Tigers based on on what Las Vegas was saying, which we all knew that was probably ridiculous. KU went in, took care of business at Mizzou Arena in what at least started out is a really raucous environment, but maybe 10 minutes in 10 minutes of actual game clock. And, and it was, it sounded completely different. What did you think of this one? You know, and the way that it played out in Columbia on Saturday. Yeah. I don't know if you, I don't know if, if you guys or any of our listeners have ever been to a game in Columbia, but it's, it's the type of atmosphere where they absolutely want blood. I mean, oh, yeah. and, and, and I know we joke that about that. That is a that great sometimes. way to describe it. That is, they that is accurate. They want 
They want blood. They want blood. I mean, they want they want the absolute worst for Kansas when they come to down. It, it's just a completely different scene. Um, and so, yeah, I figured it was going to be a really close game. I figured it was going to be one of those 50-50 games where you weren't, you weren't quite sure what was going to happen or maybe, you know, Kansas pull away late. But, I mean, it was never – it was never a contest. I, you know, I think Kansas jumped out twenty-one to nine. And for me, it was Randy. It was one of those games where you, you know, in the in, in the years past, Kansas has grabbed a big lead, and they've kind of let other teams slip back in it. There was no slipping back in it for Missouri. I mean, they were just outmanned, outgunned, outnumbered, and nothing they could do on Saturday slowed down Kansas. I mean, it was twenty-one nine, and you just felt like the sales come out um, of all those fans and everybody in attendance. It was just. Of all the things that I've seen this year with Kansas this season, that was probably the biggest surprise because you know everything, um, you know everything clicked. They they won the battle on the glass. You know Jalen Wilson with twenty four, KJ with nineteen, um, McCuller with twenty one and five steals. You know Grady Dick, who's just an absolutely deadly shot maker. You know I think he came out and scored fifteen quick points and and didn't score but one more point and KU wins the way they do. I mean and Randy, there were instances, especially in the second half, where. Obviously, the talent level is different. The coaching is different. Um, you know, Kansas has got to step up in both areas. But there were just times when Kansas just outworked Missouri. I mean, it was a ba- it was a matter of, you know, who wants it more. And Kansas clearly, um, you know, they just wanted it more. And they, they, they stuck it right to Missouri. I mean, and the thing about it is, Randy, I think going into the game, I think Missouri players and the coaching staff um, expected something different. And so when you expect different results and they don't come out that way, that's demoralizing. And Kansas just kind of went in and – like you said, just absolutely dominated, dominated that game. There was there was a no doubt game, no doubt game. That said, moving on, and it, it's so weird to talk about the K, you know a KUMU game and be like, okay, it happened, time to right. move on. But that's that's really where it is now. After after, given where the Tigers program is and and how thoroughly Kansas dominated, and like you said, that, that at times that game looked like a scrimmage. It really, really did. So all we can do is move on to the next one. And I'm sure that's what Bill Self would say, too. With another one coming up this weekend, tell us about the matchup with Indiana. What are some of the keys when you look ahead to this game? And kind of what do you expect with the Hoosiers? Yeah, I mean, this is a really talented team. I know they've lost two games. Here's the thing, Randy. I was going going over some research today. And the two games that they've lost, Indiana's lost, they've been out-rebounded on the glass. So that that's something that's really um, going to be important on Saturday. You know, I don't know. Indiana's got a guy by the name of uh, Trace Jackson Davis. He's a 6'9", 245-pound um, forward, averages about, you know, around 17 points a game. And he's going to be a load inside. I mean, he's, he's going to be a guy that's um, going to have a chance to have some success. So my question is, is, you know, how do they match up with this guy? Um, you know, is it straight K.J. Adams? Um, do they trap the post? You know, are they going to let maybe somebody else have a go at him? maybe one of the bigger guys, or do they just, you know, and I hate to say this, maybe just let him have his way and, um, you know, make sure all the other guys around him don't score. So I'm, I'm interested. I mean, it, this is the big-time matchup. For, I assume they're going to start KJ out on him. I mean, this is going to be a big-time matchup for KJ. I mean, this is a guy that's 6'9", uh, has got some height on him, got some weight on him. Um, he's really talented, um, knows how to score the ball. And, you know, to me, the, the biggest thing is, is can you control the glass? Um, you know, can you have success on the glass? And if you can do that, um, you're going to have success against Indiana. But if, you know, if they come in and dominate the glass and have their way down low, um, it has the d- potential to be a long game. I mean, I, you know, obviously I think Kansas is um, the more talented team. Um, you know, I think if, if MJ, or I'm sorry, not MJ, but if 
um, you know, Jalen and those guys, Kevin, Dewan, um, Grady, you know, if those guys are having success and they can have some success down low with either KJ or whoever else they bring off the bench, you know, I think they'll be in good shape. But to me, the biggest thing is, um, you know, who, who's going to, what's going to happen with Trace, um, you know, how are they going to match up with him defensively and how is that going to impact the game, um, you know, the rest of the way? Shay, I, I think that's, that's, that's a, that's really all there is to say about this matchup. This is a yeah. big time opportunity here. I'm going to put you on the spot real quick before we let you go. Give me your prediction for this game. How's it going to go with Indiana? Kansas playing at home, a week to prepare, coming off an emotional game. I mean, I, I could see it where they maybe come out slow, but maybe pull away late six, six seven points. You know, I, I just I think, um, you know, the way Kansas is playing now, I think that was a huge for KJ Adams. That was a huge confidence boost. That's exactly what he needed to happen um, to gain some confidence. I, you know, I thought the way that they attacked him driving down the lane with those dunks reminded me of the um, Baylor a few years ago, the way uh, Kansas, I think, did that with Jamari. I'd have to go back and look, but I think it was with Jamari. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think, you know, the way Kansas is playing now, um, you know, they've had a week to prepare. I think, you know, I think the Jays will take care of business at home. That's the, our man, Shay Wildeborn, the men's basketball beat. Shay, thanks for jumping on tonight. Have a great holiday, and we will talk with you soon. Sounds good. You guys have a good night. That's our man, Shay Wildeborn. Now we're going to switch gears, kick over to the Kansas football beat with our man, John Kirby, the publisher of Jayhawk Slant. JK, the most recent commitment to the Kansas Jayhawks and Lance Leipold was a huge, huge I mean, just a major moment for this staff in in flipping Lawrence Free State standout offensive tackle from his commitment to the Baylor Bears to stay home and play for the Kansas Jayhawks. It might be one of the biggest ones, the biggest commitments in this class so far. Take us back through this entire process. It's been a long one. They really played the long game with Clements. And, and tell us what you think about the get for KU. Yeah, Randy, it was a long game, but it was the right game, and they and they did it perfectly. And you know his his recruiting started when these guys first got here, and and I think one of the things that makes it different is Scott Fuchs, the offensive line coach. His sons go to Free State. Okay, Calvin Clement says that they go to church with him. So there was a little bit different bond, right? Not, not, in a situation like this, most college coaches don't have the luxury of you know their kids playing at the same high school. But it goes beyond that. I mean, I saw Clements at two practices in the spring. He was there for an official visit in the summer. He came in for an official visit in the summer. He came back and watched a game, even though he was committed to Baylor. And the word was the visit didn't mean anything. He told the Baylor coaches. And, hey, it was he was just going to a game to watch the local team play where he knows people going to school. Well, during this time, I think a lot of people had the impression that Scott Fuchs was, was you know, recalling them and talking to him. But Clemens told me it was the exact opposite. He said Fuchs let him be, gave him his space, stayed off of him. And then as time went on, I think Clemens started to realize staying local, playing in a team, seeing the culture change, a team win, a team go to a bowl game. And this commitment is huge, Randy, because... Kansas needs the local guys. Okay, now listen, you can look up and down their lineup. They they are winning at positions without a lot of local guys in a way, but you still, if you can have your choice, you want to have some local players helping you out. 
Devin Neal, okay, I always say he's one of the faces of the program, but he's a great sell to the public. He's a Lawrence guy right there. Calvin Clemens can be the same thing, okay? He can help bridge some of those local players down the road. They can use him as an example. The coaching staff, you know, there's a photo I posted on the site, Randy, one time. It was at a practice. Clemens and Joe Odding were both there together. Mm -hmm. And I need to find this and post it back on the site. I'm telling you, Clements made Odding look small. And I that's mean, crazy. I mean, he makes he looks like he's got three or four inches on Odding. And they're both, I think they were both in jackets. But he looked like he was 30 pounds heavier. I mean, when you looked at him, you're like, wow, this guy's a monster, right? I mean, so he's got Clements a lot of... looks like he could be Odding's dad. <laughs> well, he was a large <laughs> human. Yeah. So, you know, th- this is a huge commitment in several ways that you're keeping a guy home. You're keeping a a local kid that you can you know showcase to other recruits, and, and and he's got a lot of upside, man. He's got a great frame. He's athletic. So you know one thing Fuchs has proven, he can take kids who maybe aren't highly recruited or people didn't think much of them or they were kind of down the list a little bit, and he can mold offensive lines together. Okay, he has proven he can do that. So I think with Clemens, he gets a little different deal because this is a kid that's. Every bit six six, two ninety, and you know at least he looks it. So I, what a great pickup and, and just good timing, and the thing just played out well. And Kansas handled it great. But and listen, I should also mention, you know, Lance Leipold's son Landon goes to Free State, okay, and and Leipold's visible in the Free State community. So it just all worked out well for the Jayhawks. John, I've got to ask with Calvin Clements. Obviously, he is a December graduate. So he'll move, you know, five minutes from his house into the dorms in in January, and he'll be able to take take part in off season workouts, start you know his college career, just in a matter of weeks. How likely is it for a kid, you know, a, a highly touted offensive lineman of his caliber? Could we could we see him on the field in twenty twenty three? Yeah, I don't know. You know, um, you've got. Four, you've got four starting linemen returning, okay? Mm-hmm. You've got Armage Adams coming back, who's who's a guard, so he's going to give you ability there. You've got Logan Brown coming in from Wisconsin, who started for them at tackle. I mean, the, listen, the offensive line next year, Randy, looks pretty solid going in on paper. you got a lot of experience. you got continuity. They all know what Fuchs is asking for and what he wants from his linemen, so... That might be a lot to put on a kid, as talented as Clements is. That may be a lot to put on him to ask that. Well, I, I think what you're saying, and, and that's the beauty of the situation that, that the Jayhawks now find themselves in, for the first time in a long time, a highly touted kid, they might not need him to play right away. He can have an opportunity to grow and develop in the way that you really ideally want even even three and four, you know, star offensive linemen. You want them to be able to redshirt, learn the system, get used to being college students, refine their bodies and then be ready to come out of a, you know, live in the weight room for a year and come out of a redshirt and just be absolutely ready to wreck people. Absolutely. And I mean, he comes in, like you said, he, he's going to graduate early. Also, Tony Terry is going to do the same, the defensive lineman from Missouri. Mm-hmm. So, 
you know, Clements will come in and he'll get a chance to spend that spring with Gildersleeve. I think the big thing for him will be what Gildersleeve can do with him and learning the system, getting a head start in spring football, learning it. And again, I would love to see him redshirt. I mean, absolutely. That, that would be the most ideal scenario is let him learn the system, what he's supposed to be doing in that zone offense, that wide zone, and then come back as a redshirt freshman maybe 15 pounds heavier, solid, with an understanding, and then you start looking at, hey, let's get him in some games. Absolutely. That is that is what we should all be hoping for with Calvin Clements. Now, you know, we, we talk about him gearing up to sign here in just a few weeks. The first signing period is coming up, I say, first few weeks. It's Wednesday. I, I still can't believe that we are already at this point, how fast this gear has flown. I know this is a loaded question, John, but what are you thinking in terms of of signees in regards to, you know, if you can give us maybe a potential number and and, and are we going to see anything from the portal when when signing day happens next Wednesday? Yeah, Randy. So, okay, so with 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 the portal, okay, that is going to be one of those deals <laughs> where you are just patiently waiting and I, I say patiently waiting Coaches sweating it out to make sure they get on campus. So I, l- I let can't me just... even imagine what they're going to be feeling like. Good lord, man! <laughs> well, think think about this. So so next next Wednesday, we're going to see the high school and junior college players who've committed. They're going to sign. Okay, the portal guys will not. Portal guys don't really sign anything until they actually show up to campus. Okay, so there's two okay. different kind of sets of things we're going to be watching on Wednesday. We'll get to the portal here, I'm sure, down the road here in this podcast because there's a lot going on. But yeah. I've got him with 13 commitments. That counts Logan Brown, okay? So take him out. You got 12. But there's still a lot of things going down. I mean, you've got Nico Taylor, the defensive end from Hutch. Although mm-hmm. I'm just – I don't know what it is. I'm just – the feel isn't there right now. It's not that Kansas hasn't done a good job recruiting him. I just feel that maybe they've moved down a – one or two spots. You've got Isaiah Kimma, offensive lineman from Texas. We've talked about him. His dad, Troy, used to work as an academic advisor in the Kansas football program. They moved to Texas. You know, right now, I think it's a KU-Oklahoma State battle. Nebraska offered just before he went on his Oklahoma State visit this weekend. He told me, he said flat out he was going to announce on Sunday. Um, then he said it could be another day, and then it became I want to be a little bit more patient. So I don't know if he's going to take another visit or what's going on there. But that was a guy they've put a lot of work into. Another possibility is Terry Kirksey, a linebacker from Hutch. And as we're doing this podcast right now, Hutch is about to kick off for the national championship. So I'm going to be watching that once we're done here. Mm -hmm. it, It sounds to me. There's like five schools, okay, and they're all in there trying to get a visit out of Kirksey for this weekend because the way that they played, they had a game, and now they have a game on Wednesday night. So he's really only going to have a chance to take one visit. The way what I've heard is he could be leaning to taking his final visit to Kansas State, all right? If that happens, I think the Kansas coach's strategy is going to say, okay, get back Thursday into Hutch after your game. Get situated. Come see us late Thursday. Spend the night. Get up. We'll have an abbreviated visit for you on Friday. Then you can go to Manhattan. I think they're trying to do anything they can 
to get in the door there. So we'll have to wait and see what happens with him. Matt Littlejohn, corner out of California. Out of California, he's originally from Texas. Randy, I didn't have. I felt Kansas is in the game, but I've kind of thought Cal and SMU were maybe just slightly above. Okay. Well, he goes to his visits at Cal and SMU after KU. And but what's happened the last 24, 48 hour, Cal picks up a portal corner from Colorado. I think they got somebody was just telling me they got another corner as well. SMU has picked up a couple corners. So now all of a sudden, is Kansas back in this thing? I know Jordan Peterson, I believe, is going out to see him on Thursday. We're doing the podcast here late Wednesday, so we'll release it Thursday morning. So when people are listening to this, Jordan Peterson will be probably on his way to see him. So, you know, there's so much going on right, man. There's just things are shifting. Maxwell Ihinacor, who's an offensive lineman from East Los Angeles, he came in. I thought KU had a great shot at him, but he got on a plane, went to BYU. He's hitting Cal. He's hitting somewhere else. He's got He's got all kinds of stuff going on. He's a West Coast guy. He could be another guy who's tough to get. Just as we started this podcast, KU sent an offer out to DT Sheffield, a wide receiver out of Mississippi. He's a junior college of Mississippi. He's currently committed to Washington State. He just sent me a text just as we're doing this podcast that said, I'm thinking about visiting Kansas this weekend now. So, I mean, you see what I'm saying? There there are so many moving parts right now that between now and next Wednesday, heck, just in the next 24 to 48 hours, we don't even know who's visiting this weekend because they're still trying to get everybody cemented and set in their plan. So this is going to be a wild 24 to 48 hours to find out who's going to be on campus. Okay, so we've talked about transfers. We've talked about the portal. Give me your thoughts on the high school part of this class. Yeah, you know, it's about on target. I I said all along, and and I've said it from the beginning, I thought the high school number would be about 15, okay? Well, they're sitting at 12. You pick up, you can get somebody like a Kim or something like that, you move to 13, and then you never know what's going to happen in the late period, okay? So 15, give or take one or two, that's where it's going to be. I think it's a solid class. Everybody's sitting in that low to high three-star range right now. These classes remind me so much sometimes in the high schools of what Mangino did with, with some of the guys who maybe weren't the headliners, but they were really good recruits or solid recruits. And one thing I like about this high school class, Randy, 90%, I'd say, of the players that are committed are guys that have had offers for several months from the staff. So that tells you they're guys that they wanted and they wanted for some time. They just weren't late offers. Listen, the, the the latest offer, I believe, and commit is Johnny Thompson, the running back out of California, who's very talented. I mean, he had you know USC where he was committed to. He had Oregon. He had all kind of guys on the West Coast. So, But for the most part, Kansas got a lot of their high school guys early, and these were guys that they targeted and had high on their board to begin with. So, l- listen, I think they're nine states. So that shows you how much this staff's getting around and where they're attracting kids from. They got nine states out of the 12 commitments. So, And, and listen, w- w- with the portal, high school recruiting has changed. I mean, th- the days of 25 kids in a class, you, you might see in a Bama or an Ohio State get in the 20s. But most schools anymore, I just don't know if you're going to see schools get to those levels anymore with the portal. 
I, I absolutely agree with you. Okay, so lastly, John, I want to ask, <clears throat> excuse me, can the staff have their recruiting all wrapped up before January? Or do you expect that they might hold a few spots just to kind of see who else becomes available? Yeah, I don't know if they want to hold spots. I mean, I think they want to get as close to done as they can. But that's going to be, like I said, Randy, 24 to 48 hours. And I just posted this on the board. There's some things going on right now. The coaches are out. They're trying to get some guys set. And hopefully we can talk about these guys. I've been tracking them. I don't want to say much right now until I have a little bit better feel, but there's some pretty nice players out there. One of them I threw out, Gage Keys. He's a defensive lineman from Minnesota. He went in the portal. Jim Panagos, KU's defensive line coach, signed him when he was at Minnesota. This kid can help mm. out and help out fast, okay? He's one of them. They've got Devin Phillips, a defensive tackle from Colorado State. He started 30-something games at Colorado State. I mean, he had Nebraska, Oklahoma State, Tulane. He's had some nice offers come in. I feel good about him. I, I think they're in good shape with him. Andre Carter, a defensive end out of Western Michigan. He's 6'5", 265, and I mean, 70 tackles. The, the guy's got offers lined up from everywhere. It sounds to me like Ole Miss and Auburn are definitely in play. There could be a few other schools. He really liked his visit to Kansas. Uh, he's got that Detroit pipeline. Uh, Kalen Gervin was his host. He's known some of these guys for a long time. So hopefully that pans out. Um, it can go several different ways. Hey, Randy, I want to I want to bring up something, and this is an interesting topic. And I'm starting to hear this around college football. I've got some guys that I know that coach at other schools, and I think KU's in this group as well. The NCAA limits you to 50, 56 official visits, okay? But they they started letting you bring in visitors a few years ago, back in June. High school kids, remember, they couldn't take their officials in the summer until recently. So what's gone on now, I think KU, like after this weekend, I'd have to go figure it up. But they're going to be getting fairly close to that 56. I talked to a guy at a Big 12 school today. He told me they're four visits away from 56. So, oh, wow. Oh, yeah, no. So this guy told me what's going to happen is is they if they get into January and they don't get their targets, they're going to have to hope they can get kids to their school on unofficial visits because they're going to be out of official visits. So that this is something very interesting to watch. But I, I think that they are out there right now. They are meeting with some players, kickers, receivers, corners, DNs, safeties. We're going to know come Friday. And, and I don't know if I'll feel comfortable reporting on some of the names they're on until these guys are on a plane or I know they're on a plane or they've landed at KCI or whatever because this is going to be nip and tuck because what's going on, Randy? KU will send a guy in, let's say he sends a guy in to see a recruit at 10 o'clock. You spend an hour with him. That coach walks out of the house. There's another coach standing there from a college ready to go in and see him. Okay, It's basically a revolving door. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, So here's what's happening right now. Some of the guys that Kansas is making a late pitch at that I think there's a good chance they're going to get on visits this weekend, they still got to work because when they walk out of the room, there's three or four more guys from other colleges trying to get them to cancel a visit to Kansas or or set the visit with their school. So this is going to be a competitive situation, and I think we are going to see this thing. It's going to be a lot of, a lot of turns and twists in the next 24 to 48 hours. 
John, I know we are, before anybody gets worried, we will absolutely have a podcast before the bowl game against Arkansas. However, it is December 14th. Let's, I want to get your quick take on the Liberty Bowl in the matchup with the Razorbacks. As of tonight, what do you think looking at this thing? Well, I think there's going to be some points scored, and I think... <laughs> you think? Well, now, I say this differently because Arkansas, and I've talked to people about this, I've kind of gotten a, a feel from people who've watched them on film and, and, you know, from what KU thinks, this is going to be a tough game for KU's defense, okay? What Arkansas does really well, Kansas does not defend well, okay? So they've got a big physical offensive line. They have a tremendous running back. They have a very good quarterback. This will be, Randy, in my opinion, this will be the best quarterback-running back duo that KU faces this year. I mean, mm. they're they're very good, okay? But then you turn the turn it over on the other side of the line. Like you said, we're, we're going to break this game down. We're going to get Mason or one of the guys from the Arkansas site to come on with us as well and give their side. And we're, we'll give everybody a real good take at this game. Right now, I just think that Kansas can move the ball. Arkansas has got guys that are entering the portal. they got guys that are announcing for the NFL. They've got some guys that are dinged up. So, you know, you're still trying to get a gauge of who's going to be healthy, who's going to play, who's not. So I just think that Kansas can move the ball, and I definitely think Arkansas can move the ball. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. I heard this morning on 810, Dan Hawkins, who is on there every week, you know, the former Colorado coach. Absolutely. He, he, he had a great quote that – he said it. I just kind of stopped. I was like, that is exactly right. And they were asking him like, Hey, you know, I think it was the, the producer was like, who should I lay money on? And he said, he goes, the rule, he goes, it's undefeated. Who wants to be there? Which team is the most excited about being there? He talked about, you know, there's a bowl game between UTSA and temple. I mean, that those are two teams that like, they're both they're they're both fighting to be to finish the year ranked in the top twenty five, and and he said they both he said that'll be an absolute war because both of those squads want to be able to claim that at the end of the year. You look at this game, you and Arkansas, Arkansas, like you said, they have a bunch of guys that have already declared. There are guys that are hitting the portal. There are a number of guys that they're going to have that aren't going to play. They're not going to be at full strength. They're an SEC squad going against a Big Twelve program. I think Kansas has a real opportunity here. And and you know just as well as I do, if if the upstart Big 12 Kansas Jayhawks, just a year removed from winning, you know, an up, with an upset win over Texas and really nothing else, well, hey, going listen, to a bowl game. Two years, two years ago, they're winless. Exactly. If If Kansas can go and do this, and take down an SEC program like Arkansas, it will – I I love Sam Pittman. Sam was the offensive line coach when I was when I was renting a nice pair of shoulder pads from KU. He's a fantastic football coach and a hell of a human being. Good dude. Good dude. Yes. Met, him, met him and talked to him several times. I would – it's the only time I'm ever going to root against a team that Coach Pittman – is is in charge of. I think KU has a chance to win this game. They have a real shot here, and it would be huge. It would reverberate through college football because people would be like, oh, my God, Kansas beat Arkansas. That'd be Randy, huge. I, 
what you know, I haven't even looked lately, but I last time I did, I want to say the line was maybe three and a half or four. I can't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously, the guys in Vegas think this thing, you know, is going to be one of those coin flip games. Absolutely, and I, I think it's 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 just so much fun to be able to talk about this. I I mean, like I said earlier, John, we have we've never had a podcast to talk about a bowl game ever. We've been doing this thing. We, I think we are, if this isn't it, I think the next one will be our 75th episode. We've been doing this since, gosh, I can't even remember what year we started doing podcasts, but we've never had a bowl team to talk about. Hey, I've got to get in bowl mode. I got to tell you, I've got to get in bowl mode because right now I am in recruiting portal mode right now, man. That is, (laughs) I mean, I'm, I think about the bowl game every day. But man, right now my mind is just totally on recruiting and that transfer portal. Absolutely. You know what? That is the final word from our man John Kirby. We've heard tonight from our buddy Shea Wildebore. We talked about the Jayhawks' absolute destruction in Columbia of the Missouri Tigers. We talked about Lance Leipold and his staff, the the noise they're making on the recruiting trail, both on the high school front as well as in the transfer portal. And we looked ahead to the matchup with Arkansas. We've gotten you ready for the next couple weeks of waiting for a bowl game since this isn't a pregame podcast. You know, that's where it's at. Before we close out, I want to say one more time, you know, again, we talk a lot about recruiting, but it's a great time right now. For the recruiting efforts for our buddies over at My Freight World. They are looking to add people in the account executive role. It's a fantastic opportunity where your commission structure is untapped and they give you tremendous support. If you are looking for a logistics partner, if you're a company that's looking to move some freight, reach out to them or find out about a new opportunity for your new career in 2023. Go to MyFreightWorld.com. Thanks to those guys for making this happen. For our man Shay Wildeboer. And our publisher, John Kirby, I'm Randy Withers. You've been listening to the Inside Slant podcast from JayhawkSlant.com. We will talk with you again soon. This has been a podcast from JayhawkSlant.com.